7 Studios. You are listening to the Lunch J Radio Network. Paragon, Paragon 7, 7 Studios. Studios. Talking about, talking about Vice President Madame VP Kamala Harris. CNN's kind of getting on, on Kamala Harris. No, I haven't talked about it on this show because I don't really think it's that big deal. But she has not been to, to the border, the Mexican border. And I believe it's like day 80. She's a part of some, she's the leader of the task force about the, the crisis at the, the Mexican border. Now, before I go into this, I know for experience, I lived in Phoenix for, for for three and a half years. So I know the Mexican border very well. I've spent a lot of time on Interstate 8, riding from Phoenix to San Diego. I know Calexo, Calexico, whatever it's called, border town. I've been to, to Nogales. I know Tucson. I know Yuma. I know all these places like the back of my hand. So I know that route. There are a lot of people coming into the country illegally. Fox News wants you to believe that it's like Attica where it's rows of people against the border or or it's like on Scarface when Scarface and Manolo were in a in a Cuban detention refugee center. And that's not the case. That's an extremely rural area. You're risking your life. It's like an 80 mile, a 70, 80 mile walk. So. I just if you've never been to the border cuz a lot of a lot of a lot of flyover country Fox News aficionados they've never left Nebraska or Iowa or Wyoming so they think they think that there are tens of thousands of people at the border trying to kick the gate in and that's not accurate nevertheless there is a problem with illegal immigration in states like Arizona, California, Texas now I've been fascinated with the Texas-Mexico border because that's where you really have the drug trade and the cartel. I remember being at Fort Hancock. I was driving back in one of my many moves across the country. And me and my ignorance, I'm, a, I'm an ignorant American, even though I've been to, to Korea and lived in Korea and spent a lot of time in Europe. I'm, a, I'm an ignorant American at heart. I assume that because when I lived in Seattle, I could go to Vancouver and hang out, get lunch, go to a park, go for a run, that I could do the same in Mexico. I'm at the I'm at the Mexican border in Fort Hancock, and I was interested. There's a town called Praxis, Pradaxis Guerrero or something like that. I wanted to go there and maybe get some lunch and just see what was over there. I get to the border, and the guy basically tells me, he's just like, look, you have a passport. But I wouldn't advise that you go over the border. I say, why is that? He said, it's not safe to go over the border, especially you're not a part of law enforcement. I was like, when you when you say not safe, I'd already been sold. I mean, there's a border agent telling me not to go, so I wasn't going to go. He was like, yeah, if you go over there in that car, you're probably not coming back. And it was fascinating because I could see the town. The town was only two miles away from the border. So I'm looking into this small town in Juarez, in, 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 in suburban Juarez. Decided not to go, did some research, found out that that area was called, quote, Murder Valley, which was where the majority of the cartel stuff and the military stuff and other corrupt stuff goes on there. They basically beheaded the mayor and stuck his, his head on a fence post then they got a young lady that came up from Juarez to be the mayor that was a part of the police force. They never found her. Not the type of place that ain't the same as going to Abbotsford, Canada to, to, to get some Tim Hortons. Not the same. So the terrain in, in Mexico is, is very difficult to navigate near the border. There's, it's not America. There's a lot of crime going on. I'm definitely not going to paint people of Mexican descent as Said that they're all criminals. I had a lot of people that I worked with, people that even worked for me, 
that came over from Mexico. Every every experience that I've had, people are just working hard, trying to provide for their families, make a better life for their families, just like any of us. I support immigration. But this border crisis is headline news for the Fox News crowd that wants you to believe that Mexican people are going to come in, they're going to kick in your door, they're going to assault your, your children, they're going to kidnap you, all of this stuff. And Kamala Harris, as Madame Vice President, she's in charge of that task force. So back to CNN, basically uh, fast forward, it says a visit to the border likely would have been meaningless. These trips often taken by Republican lawmakers amount to a little more than a silly photo op, which is true. For conservative lawmakers, they're a popular way to remind their base of the border crisis and signal that migration is a threat to the country. Given that the purpose of Harris's trip was to address root causes of migration, the notion of a trip to the border this week made no sense. I don't know if I agree with that completely, but whatever. That didn't stop NBC News' Lester Holt from pressing Harris on why she hadn't been to the border, which is his job to do. Now, if you haven't seen that interview, that was not one of, one of Madame Vice President's best moments. Lester Holt is not Sean Hannity. He's not Tucker Carlson. He's not even Juan Williams. This is NBC left-leaning news. This is not a hatchet job. This isn't Breitbart. This isn't the, the, the QA9 crowd. Lester Holt is a very down-the-middle, reasonable journalist. It goes on to say that she swatted away Holt's query and to some observers came across as flippant and ill-prepared for what should have been an easily foreseeable question, which I totally agree with. It goes on to say that it may be that a woman of color and daughter of immigrants, Harris, is being held to impossible standard for success, which is probably true. Multiple administrations have wrestled with problems at the border, and people expect Harris to solve it in a matter of months, which is factual. I'm starting the show with all of that because I'm about to, I'm about to give a wildly unpopular opinion, especially for the African-American crowd, especially for the crowd that's listening to WVOL. The, the Divine Niners, the AKA Sister Girls, the Deltas. Kamala Harris is not electable as President of the United States. Let me repeat that. Kamala Harris is not electable as President of the United States. Now, I personally like Kamala Harris. I think that she's dynamic. I loved how she has a penchant for ripping people on the wrong side of her several new orifices. What she did to Matt Kavanaugh, she should have been thrown in front of the Supreme Court bus for the way she dissected and abused. It was child abuse what she did to Matt Kavanaugh. It was child abuse what she did to President Biden. So much so that he said, man, I got to get this person on the team because if she's not on the team, she's going to continue to thrash me and I can't have that going into the presidency. I like Kamala Harris. I think she's cool. I think she's hip. I've been wanting to see a woman run this country for quite some time. Men have been running it for 200 and change many times right into the ground. I want to get all of that out the way before you at me about being a sexist, about being a racist. People tell me I'm a racist against black people, which is hilarious. But Kamala Harris is not electable. Did you see how snarky she got with Lester Holt? With a very reasonable question, why haven't you been to the border? Well, I haven't been to Europe. She has Hillary Clinton's disease. They have the same issue. She's snarky. She comes off as aloof at times. She is not warm and she is not pleasant. Now, you'll say, oh, well, James, that's terrible that's a sexist thing to say. Women always have to dumb themselves down to make men like you feel better about themselves. Blah, 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 blah. That might be true. That might be true. The difference is 
she's not being held back from a promotion. Being the president of the United States and the leader of the free world is an elected position. It's a popularity contest. Obama, electromagnetic, Clinton, Slick Willie, electromagnetic personality, President Trump. You can hate President Trump's guts. To his base, he is God. Electromagnetic personality. You put Trump next to Biden from a personality standpoint, Trump wins every time. Trump's not in the White House before because he's an amoral clown and a buffoon and a reprehensible person that said COVID was a ploy by the left to get him out of the White House and at one point suggested that we put UV light into ourselves and inject bleach. He's not out of the White House because his policies. He's not out of the White House because people don't like him. Half the country doesn't like him. The other half loves him. The other half would take a bullet for him. Biden doesn't have that swag that President Trump had. Not even close. We just had to get Trump out of there. It's such a disaster the last year of his presidency. Kamala Harris doesn't have that level of, of connectability. Kamala Harris isn't warm. Now, I hate I hate to conjure I hate to conjure Kevin Samuels here, but the plight of a woman, especially looking to be in elected office, is different than the plight of a man. People say say to me all the time, "Well, Trump could be a jerk, he could be a rude person, and he can still get elected." There is a double standard. There's a double standard for black people too. I'm not questioning that. We can focus on changing those double standards. And spend the next 50 years, which I, I hope I have 50 years left on this planet. But right now, if you're a woman, especially a black woman, you're going to have to have a lot of warmth. You're going to have to be really cuddly. You're going to have to make people feel like they can fly. Because when Obama was running for president, we felt, we felt that the elevation of, of black people, we were going to go into the stratosphere. I don't see that with Kamala. She's snarky. She comes off as really rude. It's that attorney. It's that, it's that dog in her. And that's why I personally like her. But I saw that interview. She had another interview with somebody from Univision. <laughs> she, and she paused them and said, I'm not finished. I'm not finished. Those things will get you a lot of, yeah, girl, you go, girl. Or all of them, AKA cartoons with the woman that's like a size two. That's definitely not you that's posting that. You don't look like that. None of your friends look like that anymore. But that seems to be what, what everyone in AKA looks the same. <laughs> they all look the same. The, the, the Kappas all look the same. Everybody's in perfect shape. Everybody, everybody's in college shape. Everybody's diesel. It's got six pack, six pack abs. I'm like, none of the brothers that I've seen that I know that are still rocking the red windbreakers, they all look like that. They don't have a 29 inch waist. They're, 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 they're getting 42 inch waist pants at the gap. Or at KG's or wherever they shop. But I digress. That crowd's not gonna like this take. And that crowd's gonna give you a lot of atta girls when when she's snarky and eviscerates people. They're gonna say she's a fighter, but you're not gonna get into the White House with that. She's gotta tone it down. She's got to spend the next two and a half years getting coached, learning to smile. Be warm, be inviting. You might think it's sexist. You might think it's racist. I don't care what you think. Getting in the big chair trumps your ridiculous ideals about how someone should act. Because once you're in the big chair, then you're in a position to strip away institutionalized racism because you're the leader of the free world. She's never going to get there the way that she continues to act. She's got to do better. Lance J Show. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. We begin searching for ways to not only feed, not only bridge the access to food, but how can we fight disease? 
quite naturally that required. It was a must that we figure out how to get fresh produce, crisp greens, leafy greens, and fruits and herbs and vegetables directly to the front door of those families that needed it the most. And so we finally come out with a solution and we call that Full Cart Fresh. We have teamed up with some of the, the greatest people in America, our American farmers. And through working with a collaborative of farmers across multiple states, we have created Full Cart Fresh. So imagine this, you're at a farm, the produce is picked and prepared, and it's boxed in a Full Cart Fresh box at the farm. And then through our shipping and logistics uh, program, we ship directly from the farm, directly to the front door of the most vulnerable families in America. We have got families and seniors and children around the country who are hungry and as well as hungry are really managing and coping with serious illnesses and diseases. So come along, help us. Help feeding children everywhere through our Full Cart program and the launch of our new Full Cart Fresh help those families in need. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. The construction Tims are classic in Philly they and are. New York. They are. Connecticut. James Lewis. I've never been to Connecticut, man. Connecticut, Jersey, you definitely from Uptown, New York. You're definitely Manhattan, from New York if you shout it out Connecticut. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. I didn't see the fight. I had no interest in in watching the fight. But I will say that him fighting Logan Paul, that shows a lot about where we are as a society for entertainment. You saw Mike Tyson fight Roy Jones, which was a, which was really good. I, I did see that fight. And that was a very good exhibition. But we're, we've reached the stage that it's all about entertainment. And you either get down or you lay down. What, what Money May has realized, the other people haven't realized, certain sports, you have, to, you have to evolve to be successful in the entertainment world, whether it's sports, whether it's music, whether it's theater, whether it's movies, whether it's Broadway, you got to be able to adapt. And you want to be the first one in the pool. You want to be innovative. You look at different leagues. You look at different sports. It's so funny. NBA experiments. Now, sometimes they experiment. People don't like it. People, people hate, especially flower country. They can't stand the Black Lives Matter on the court. They don't like that. They don't like that. But I think that it was dope that they experimented with it. It was a time where we were in perilous times. They wanted to send a message. They wanted to use their brand to send a message, and they did. And I support the NBA for that. That's not an easy decision. You know, CC Pued. Yes, we can. That ticks off a good portion of your base. But the NBA didn't care. They're experimenting. The NFL experiments with new rules, expanding the playoffs, more games, longer regular season, 
they're experimenting. They're always trying to get better. I think ultimately, I think the NFL is going to eliminate the kickoff or at least eliminate the extra point. Just make it a two-point conversion after every touchdown. No more extra points. They're constantly experimenting with camera angles, with the TV presentation. Now, having Booker McFarlane on the crane for ESPN, that was not good experimentation. You, you, have, you have good things, and you have epic failures. Booger McFarlane on a crane, that was the, that would be considered an epic failure. Putting a 320-pound man on a crane and riding that crane around Monday Night Football, that, whoever greenlit that, I assume is no longer employed by the four-letter network. But with what, what Floyd Mayweather is doing in MAA, MMA, excuse me, experiments, they're doing new stuff. You got to go with the times, man. You look at baseball. If you go, if you listen to, I listen to a lot of sports talk radio. If you listen to Mad Dog Sports, Mad Dog is still arguing over stupid rules, unwritten rules, that if you hit a home run, you got these guys like Fernando Tatis Jr. Hit a home run, you hit a 460-foot blast. And you don't run around the bases fast enough or, or you flip the bat. Or you do something that's not favorable to the old school rules that are back in the Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Honest Wagner era. That that's bad for the game. And when I listen to that, I say, if you don't have 18, 20 year olds, 16 year olds, you're not you're not putting more people in your fan base. Mad Dog Chris Russo is 60, 60 and change. How long is he going to be consuming baseball? What's going to happen with the younger generations if they don't like the game? If they have all of this nonsense and chicanery that's still going on? That's why baseball is dying. All of these old school organizations that, that fail to, to make, even MLS. So I'm a Columbus Crew guy. I remember going to the fairgrounds, watching the Columbus crew when they first came. That was the first major league team in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio. MLS is so focused on wanting to be the EPL, on wanting to be uh, Series A in Italy, or wanting to be La Liga in, in Spain. MLS needs to focus on making the game fun and a good watch for Americans because we don't care about the EPL. I know now shout out to the US the US men's national soccer team for beating El Tree beating the hated Mexico team and the, the the rival not not hating on Mexican people hating on the, the the Mexico team the rival shout out to them but the truth of the matter is our best male athletes don't play soccer which is why we're not competitive globally. Our best female athletes in many stages, they're either playing the WNBA or they're playing soccer. So we have the best of the best. If LeBron James and Kobe, rest in peace, and Dwight Howard and Dwayne Wade and, I don't know, uh, Deion Sanders, um, I'm thinking of other great athletes of my era. Ken Griffey, if those guys had played soccer, and not other sports, we would have won gold, we would have won World Cups, but they don't play soccer because they don't get paid to play soccer. They're not going to make uh, LaMelo Ball is not going to get a nine figure shoe deal as a striker for the for the for the New England Revolution. That's not going to happen. So I look at what I, with with this spectacle, which I assume because I didn't see it, with with Money May and Logan Paul, it's just about entertainment. It's not about why if you're going to pay 50 bucks or 59 bucks, 60 bucks to watch an, a former elite fighter who's almost 45 years old fight some guy that's a YouTube, basically the, the white, blonde, good looking version of Kimbo Slice. If you're going to pay, if he's going to make $100 million promoting that, why would he get in the ring with Manny Pacquiao or one of these younger guys or, or Triple G or Canelo or someone that can actually hurt him that can knock him to bleep out. It's a win-win situation. He goes eight rounds. He dances around. He took a couple shots. From what I saw in clips, I didn't see the fight. 
but it looked like he took a couple of shots. Mayweather, 45, you're going to be, you're, you're, you're not going to be what you were at 37. I mean, that's just, that's Father Time. We've seen Father Time with LeBron. Father Time's undefeated. It got Jordan, it got Babe Ruth, it got Ali, it got Barry Bonds, it got Elway, it got Peyton Manning. It's, it, gets, it gets everybody. It'll get all these young people. It's going to get Mahomes one day, many years down the road. It's, it's going to get Aaron Rodgers sooner than later. It's going to get even his young guys, Spider Mitchell, Devin Booker. Father Time's going to catch them eventually. But I think that it's very important and pivotal for smart people. They see when the market is changing. Don't be blockbuster. Be Netflix. Don't be the old get off my long guy. We're going to do it the way we used to do it. Don't be, don't be Radio Shack. Don't be one of these companies that becomes obsolete. And I, I just think with boxing, the days you have, you have your, your Canelo's and your Triple G's. I can't wait to see the Wilder Fury fight. I think that Wilder, I think that when Wilder fights Fury again, what's he's going to happen, he knows that he can't fight 12 rounds with Fury. He's going to go for an early knockout. He's going to be like Bald Bull or Mike Tyson's punch out. He's going to be charging Fury. And I think what's going to happen is Fury's a better boxer. So he's going to come in swinging for defenses. Fury's going to catch him. He's going to knock Deontay Wilder out in like the first or second round. Because Wilder knows that he can't go 12 rounds and beat Tyson Fury. And Tyson Fury, although he's not, he doesn't look like he's in shape, he's one of those type of people. People, I remember Triple H in wrestling, he said once to The Rock, he said, quote, your body is built for show, my body is built to go. Tyson Fury's body is built, quote, to go. It definitely ain't a work of art. Definitely doesn't look like Mike Tyson in his prime. Definitely doesn't look like Evander Holyfield in his prime, or even Lennox Lewis in his, his prime. But that big 6'7", 6'8", guy hammering on you, you're not going to go You're not gonna go 12 rounds with that. You got to knock him out. Deontay Wilder knows that. But, but Fury is a good enough fighter to catch him when he opens himself up to get that power for the knockout punch. But other than that, I don't want to see top-ranked boxing, man. This isn't the days of Burt Sugar. Rest in peace, who was, a, who was a fantastic commentator. Those days are over. We're not, this is not, this is not the Howard Cosell days where, where you had to fight that was on and it was the fight of the week. Nobody wants to see middle-ranked, unimportant boxers. People want to see a spectacle. People want to see a circus. That's what MMA started as. Now, Dana White has turned that into a real company. It is legitimate fighting. But MMA started off as a circus. Remember when MMA first started? He had Chuck Liddell. And basically, MMA wasn't the striking and boxing. But in essence, it was two guys going to the ground and humping for five rounds like a dog humping your leg. It was almost so grotesque that they should have had a black bar on it or kind of like on the Unsolved Mysteries where they had the electronic blur so you couldn't see it. I didn't want to see two guys humping each other in a ring for, for five rounds. It's a lot more mainstream now. You don't see a lot of that. It's more of wrestling. You know, they've changed some of the rules and, and some of the moves and stuff like that. But I think the spectacle, I hope that, that Money May goes out and makes some more money. I think from what I heard, Logan Paul hung with him. He looked shredded at the weigh-in. I saw that. And I just think that that's where entertainment is going. If you have an I it's just you see the verses. If you have an IG platform, if you have, if you what do you need Showtime for? What do you need CBS, ABC, Disney? You don't need Mickey Mouse. If you got 20 million followers on the gram, all you need is a license. You literally could have one day, and I'm not saying this facetiously. You could have Megan Thee Stallion fighting Nicki Minaj for the hip-hop title and have a wet t-shirt contest after that. I mean, that's what, that's what it's come to. That's what entertainment has become. And I'm one of these guys. I'm here for it. I, I, I'd rather be early to the party than late to the party. You don't want to be one of these groups that are obsolete. So if baseball, if baseball still wants to focus on etiquette, and how fast you should run around the bases after a home run, good for them. But you're going to get lapped in the field. 
you're you're gonna go from being America's pastime to being like seventh or eighth on the list in a generation if you don't embrace the circus. Lance J Show. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. This is Lance J here for Industrious Office Space here in Nashville. I'm constantly getting DMs and emails about the beautiful panoramic offices that we lease downtown overlooking the Music City. Industrious's offices and suites inspire productivity and their modern design and anonymities are unparalleled. They have a great staff and flexible lease options of three, six, and 12 months. Moving into our space has been the best decision I have made since becoming an entrepreneur. If you want to absolutely blow away your clients and turn your small business into a large business, go to www.industriousoffice.com and schedule a tour of the downtown Union Street or Gulch office. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. If you're a man, you don't cry about it. You take life, the ups and downs. If you're a real man, you never go down, you just stay up. That's why I'm the world champion. That's why this sport goes costs $800 and that costs 200 And I don't know what that costs, I'd be ashamed to wear it. That's why I wear lizard shoes and a Rolex watch and I got a limousine sitting out there a mile long with 25 women just dying for me to go, woo! Because I'm the world champion, sucker. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Live from the Paragon 7 Studios, you are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon Paragon 7 Studios. I'm reading from I'm reading from delish.com. I'm hearing this music. It's the same music that that leads in coast to coast America. So if you're a radio guy like me, you're an insomniac like me, and you're up at all hours of the night before Sirius XM, before we could just lock in on specific channels. Coast to Coast AM was on from, I think it's on from midnight to, to five in the morning, something like that. It's a show, it's one of the most popular radio shows in the country, and they talk about extraterrestrial stuff. I usually use this as an intro to make fun of Kyrie Irving and other people that believe that the world is flat. And that Antarctica is actually the shield that holds the oceans of the Earth from flying off into space which I guess is theoretically possible but these same people believe that Antarctica for some reason the ice wall there's the ice wall holding the entire earth together is 17 stories high how they came up with 17 stories is beyond me so you're talking about you're talking about a skyscraper in a very small town like Birmingham Alabama Peoria Illinois you're talking about downtown Huntsville Alabama downtown Waco, Texas, downtown Colorado Springs, Colorado. You're saying that that's holding, that's holding back the, the apocalypse for the entire world. Entire flat world, that is. But this story from Delish.com, Oreo made a special pack of cookies to offer to the aliens, and they sold out in a few hours. And there's been a lot of uh, chatter about UFOs, the government declassifying several things pertinent to, to UFO and UFO activities over the years. 
I don't I I personally believe that there are other life forms out there. I am a believer in God and I'm a believer in God's creation. I find it very hard to believe that God limited his creation just to human beings and just to earth. So I believe that there are organisms somewhere out there. I don't know how advanced they are. I don't know any of that. I assume that if anything can get here, they're better than us, right? So if if people, or I don't know if they'd be called people, but if people from Zepton B or one of these planets that are just numbered planet B6492 that sounds like an invoice, if they get here, I assume that their technology is superior to ours. So I don't, I don't spend a lot of time worrying about what if, what if aliens came. I don't think if aliens came here, I would assume that whatever defense system that we have, if they can get it here from light years, that they're probably immune to that. But I digress. Everyone's favorite cookie created a special limited edition pack of original sandwich cookies for fans to pick up. Packaging includes a black background and an intricate. So it has a, I'm looking at it right now. It has a men in black type of design. So think of Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith in the, in the black egg chairs with the, with the, with the huge laser cannon guns. That's what the packaging looks like. The purpose is uh, placing the cookie on the middle of the design as an offer to the aliens, the bag itself reads, bringing all life forms together. That's funny because we barely, as black people, I can barely go to my car and have like a taillight that's out without getting the brakes beating off of me at a, at a traffic stop. But, but anyway, we're bringing all life forms together. Along with updated packaging, Oreo made a very real sign for the aliens in the form of a crop circle, crop circle, excuse me, on a Kansas farm with a shape inspired by the chocolate wafers of Oreo cookie. Now, the crop circles, if you're part of the unsolved mystery crowd like I am, there are these crop circles that end up in the middle of nowhere and people are trying to figure out over, over, I don't know, last 50 years, where did these crop circles come from? Was it alien craft that touched down? Was it people that made these circles at their house? Found out majority of those were hoaxes. There were just there were just some people kind of trolling. It was a lot more difficult to troll people in 1980 because there was no Instagram, <laughs> there was no TikTok, none of those things. But crop circles, for the most part, have been proven to be hoaxes and fake. The design for the Oreo cookie is three acres wide, which is amazing. It's a waste of land which we believe our beloved aliens will be able to see from their UFOs in the sky. We can only hope although limited edition packaged Oreos sold out in only three hours, individuals can still take it upon themselves to create some sort of peace offering for their space friends, not the space force that president Trump created and president Biden recently doubled down on Biden's pumping a lot of money into the space force. It's a major part of the not the stimulus the infrastructure bill which i'm going to talk about a little bit later in the week infrastructure is so important to america there's so many bridges that are crumbling and unsafe we have to spend money on infrastructure i was hoping that barack obama would do that i knew that trump wasn't going to do it but i was hoping that barack obama would do it i was hoping that whomever was the next, it's not really a partisan issue. I'm not saying that Republicans aren't in the infrastructure, but I was hoping whoever, whoever the next adult that we had in white house, I was hoping was going to get it done. And they, I believe that they passed last week, a trillion dollar bill to start our infrastructure. There's a lot of pork in that. There's a lot of money earmarked for causes that don't fit the Lance J criteria. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to itemize that yet. I go into that at a later, at a later date. But finalizing the article says, think of loading up a plate with some snacks that feel most human to you. Of course, a couple of Orioles need to be involved and some milk for dunking them. But for other items that speak to the state of the human experience, what else do you think the aliens like? And it has a list of things that aliens would like. Pringles, cheese Whiz, pretzels, beer, all of that stuff. I don't know if aliens exist, I said that I believe that there are other life forms, that, that, that God 
the the sovereign leader of the universe created. I don't know if other life forms exist. I have never seen other life forms. I've never been abducted by other life forms. I've never been probed by other life forms. I don't factually know. I don't have any friends that would miss. You know, unsolved mysteries. People are always always out in in random places. The aliens never come. They don't ever abduct anybody from downtown Vegas on the strip, right? They're not, they're not in front of Circus Circus abducting people. It's always someone in Winnipeg, Manitoba, in rural Nova Scotia, Manitoba, British Columbia, Alaska, rural Idaho, Spokane, Washington, Coeur d'Alene. It's always places like that. The dolls in Oregon. It's never, the aliens are never coming to the projects. They're not, the aliens aren't coming to a trap house where people are in there with the Pyrex and the baking soda. They don't ever come and abduct anyone from there. It's always somebody that's at a campground. It's always somebody that's in some type of rural area. But I'm putting on, as a son of a pastor, I'm putting on, I'm putting on my, my, my pastor son hat when it comes to the concept of aliens. I use the word cesspool relatively frequently. But this world is a cesspool, man. Ain't no aliens coming here. If aliens exist, I can guarantee you that they not coming here. Earth would be the equivalent of Memphis or Gary, Indiana or Compton. We're, we're the Compton. We're the Compton of the of the universe or the galaxy. Earth, Earth would be the, the Beirut of of the solar system earth earth would be the worst neighborhood if aliens came by here they would probably lock their doors they would be afraid to get out their car and they'd be like yo we're not even we're not even we're not even getting gas here just just keep going just keep going we're we're gonna go to we're gonna mercury we're going to the next series of planets we can't stop on earth because earth is a hot mess, man. This is the same. This is the same globe that has people like Kim Jong Un in charge, that had Agent Orange in charge. These are the these are the leaders of of the of the free world, going back and forth, calling each other names. We've had a lot of bad leadership globally. Whatever resources we have on Earth, humans have kind of mined most of those out. We have we have. Aliens, I assume, like I said, I don't know aliens. I've never had an encounter with an alien. I assume that aliens are not racists. I assume that aliens don't think that other aliens are subhuman or sub-alien or whatever the genre is. We're so messed up here. I just can't imagine other life forms, other sinless non-fallen life forms that are pristine and haven't gone through some of the things that we've gone through as humanity. Why would they want to come here? What's here on earth for them other than pestilence, other than COVID, other than viruses, other than the, the, the ice caps melting, other than racism, other than politics, other than in, in, in internet porn. <laughs> this, this world is a sensor, man. I don't think, I don't think that anyone from, from, from any of these planets, like on Futurama, I just don't think that they're coming to Earth. That, that is my opinion. I know that if I was an alien and I had whatever life form was perfect and I was unblemished and I had a life expectancy like Roger the Alien from American Dad. If, if Roger the Alien on American Dad was, was, was like 1,600 years old or some obscene number like that. He's 1,600 years old. Why would anyone or any being that could live for, for, for a couple of thousand years, why would they want to come to Earth where they could get their cat peeled in Atlanta at a traffic light because they were driving a nice car? Lance J Show. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.
This is Lance Shea here for Industrious Office Space here in Nashville. I'm constantly getting DMs and emails about the beautiful panoramic offices that we lease downtown overlooking the Music City. Industrious's offices and suites inspire productivity and their modern design and anonymities are unparalleled. They have a great staff and flexible lease options of three, six, and 12 months. Moving into our space has been the best decision I have made since becoming an entrepreneur. If you want to absolutely blow away your clients and turn your small business into a large business, go to www.industriousoffice.com and schedule a tour of the downtown Union Street or Gulch office. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. You don't know me. Probably never will. But I need you to do something for me. Something that could literally change everything. You'll never get a thank you card. And yet, I need you to do it. And if that weren't enough, I need you to do it as soon as you are able to. If you do this for me, I'll do it for you. And for every single person you love. Deal? This is our shot to leave COVID behind. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. Big said, yo, just, I don't need no pad. Yo, play that beat. C's roll. Big, pacing, nice with it. Piece, pacing back and forth. Track came on. I'm going to show you exactly. Then he went in the booth. He smoked a couple. Right. Went in the booth. He was like, something, 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 right. something, something, something. Straight through. 40 bars. Y'all figure it out. I'm out ramping, bus. Gone. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. And a six-pack of Pepsi Cola. That always go good with the chillers, baby. I'll, pay, I'll poke sophomore fun at certain people in situations. I think that Kanye West is obviously someone that has had battles with mental health issues, and I don't, I don't find that funny. I don't, I don't find that amusing. I don't find, I don't care about his personal life. I'm not doing a gossip show. Whatever's going on with him and Kim Kardashian and their kids and their families, just as long as, as long as kids are taken care of. As long as people are physically healthy, sometimes marriages don't work out and people go through divorce and it's, and it's changing. It changes your perspective on the world. It changes your perspective on yourself. It's, it's terrible to go through when you're, when you're in the tabloids, he's, he's becoming a little bit of a Michael Jackson character minus the, the surgeries, but you saw he's out walking around with his face covered like Michael Jackson used to cover his kid's face. I guess he's so famous and so rich that he doesn't want to be seen in public. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not going to comment on that. Cause I don't care what I, what I do care about as a business person, as a person that aspires to be a successful businessman and an entrepreneur, someone that has been in charge of nine and 10 figure budgets, someone that worked their way up the corporate ladder and is now, investing in themselves and going to entrepreneurship. I respect Kanye West and his business strategy. And, and I look at him, I look at Jay-Z. I look at their business strategy. Now, Kanye West, he did something, and I talk 
often to, to people who I mentor, people ask me about business, people ask me about launching their own business. Use the platform that you have to get to the platform that you want. Dr. Dre didn't become almost a billionaire off the chronic or off death row. He used the chronic and death row and NWA and being one of the best producers in hip hop to create a larger platform, which ultimately became beats by Dre, which are consumed by people agnostic to race agnostic to their like for music. Country music people can listen to it. Rockers can listen to it. Blues players can listen to it. Anyone wants to hear clear music. I have a pair of beats by Dre headphones on as we speak. He built a brand and then partnered with Apple, who had another huge brand. So those are two huge brands that collided to create Beats by Dre headphones. I'm going to let you know, I invested in Beats by Dre headphones. I have four or five pairs of them. They're not extremely great. There's no diss to them. It's just they're not, those headphones are not a whole lot better than a pair of JVC or a pair of Sony headphones that you can get at the local Walgreens or CVS for $59.99. But it's the branding that allows Dr. Dre to charge $300 for a pair of headphones. Jay-Z liquidated a lot of his assets and title and some other assets that he has. A lot of people see Jay-Z is investing in, he's going into the cannabis industry. He's going into this high-level cannabis so for people that like to smoke the Manhattan Silver, the, the Sticky Icky, the, the Afghanian Perp, the, the, the 420, the Chronic, the, the Buddha Sack, people, the, the, the Cannabis Sativa, people that, people that mess with that, that are about that life. I'm not about that life, but if you can get high grade, I assume that Jay-Z is going to put out, it's going to be the Crown Royal, it's going to be the high-end vodka, equivalent is going to be like these wines that people age for, for 30 years and, and they sell wine bottles for, for hundred thousand dollars to wealthy people. Well, if you can get your hands on the purple Urkel on one of these new strains of, of weed, if you can get your hands on that and it's the best and it's the best marijuana that, that you can get, Jay-Z will sell that to rich people for, for, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a marijuana aficionado. He'll sell it. He'll sell it for twenty thousand dollars an ounce, and make billions of dollars because that's what Jay Z does. Then there's rumor that Jay Z may buy into the Washington Football Team. Daniel Snyder recently bought out his partners, but Daniel Snyder's rich. He's not Steve Ballmer rich. He doesn't just have two billion floating around. So he had to raise some of the capital. And you know how that goes? You raise capital about your partners. You bought your partners. They look at it as an investment. It's not family to them. Some of these people like the Ursays and, and the people that own teams for generations, it's family. The people that own a third of a team or half a team, a quarter of a team, or 5% of a team, it's not family. They're not in it. They don't want to be a part of the WFT forever. They're looking to buy in at 5% of a team for, I don't know, $100 million. And then if they cash out $150 million, they've made a profit. And then they go flip that money into something else. But Jay-Z is rumored to, to being looking into investing in the Washington football team, which means eventually, if Jay-Z has enough money, he might be in a position to purchase an NFL team or an NBA team, which we don't have a lot of black ownership a lot of people talked about the race riots in Tulsa. We, me and Adriana talked about that last week. It's about black ownership. Ownership is dangerous. And the reason I'm bringing up Kanye West, Kanye West basically bought Gap as a partnership with Gap. He put out a blue puffer coat that looks like it was, I was talking about space in the last segment. It looks like one of the people on the spaceships that are coming here to get the Oreo cookies, they would be wearing Kanye West blue puffer coats. Not my style, but what's dope about Kanye West, love him, hate him. You think he's crazy? I'm not a big fan of anyone that's selling Jesus. I haven't even gotten to that. You're selling Jesus socks for 300 bucks. Not a fan, but he's a heck of a businessman. 
This man used to work at Gap. Now he basically owns Gap, has a partnership with Gap, and his first foray sold out. Kanye West used his platform as an artist, as an eccentric person, a beat maker, somebody that went from making you belong to the city for Jay-Z and college dropout, alpha step, omega step. He went from that to being a billionaire several times over. And he's done this in what? What college dropout was like 2099, something like that. He did this in 20 years. Guy was not even 50 yet. He's already made three or four billion dollars. I think that that's fantastic. And, and the reason I'm talking about them, whatever you do in your business, make sure that you invest in yourself in ownership. We as Afri- especially African-American people, we as African-American people do not invest in ownership. I've learned so much since owning Paragon 7 Studios. I made a lot more money and salary when I was an executive at Blue Cross. I had huge bonuses that I took home. I had better benefits at all of these things, but I didn't own squat. I have one bad quarter could be fired. Since opening my own business, I was recently at lunch with some friends, not friends, but just people that I've met was invited um, to, to lunch with several people. Everybody there was a multimillionaire except me. I repeat that. Everybody there was a multimillionaire except me. Everybody there was a CEO, owner their own company, chairman of boards, important people, people that have connections, people that have the ear of the mayor and governor, stuff like that. And I had a chance to, to sit there. I didn't say much. I just sat there and listened because I'm trying to learn. I want to be in that seat. Jay-Z talks about that all the time. You need to surround yourself with greatness if you want to be great. And that's never going to happen unless you own something. When you're an owner, now that I own my own healthcare business and, and media group, I go directly to the CEO. My friends and people that I hang out with are all CEOs or all SVPs. I don't have to worry about skipping over someone and the politics that I used to when I was at Blue Cross and all of that stuff. And I just implore my people, invest in yourself, invest in ownership. It doesn't have to be a seven-figure business. It doesn't even have to be a six-figure business. But when you own your own rights, when you produce a product that you own it, don't let somebody come and shark tank you and offer you a few dollars so they get a third of your company. Invest in ownership because that's what you see people that are highly successful, the Kanye's of the world, the Jay-Z's of the world. They use their knowledge that they learned in, in the hip hop industry. They use that knowledge to build brands and to build connections with people that could get them into other businesses that generate revenue. I've done that for myself in healthcare. I use my healthcare connections to build a name for myself, to build relationships, to be on the speaking circuit. Now I'm in a position where I can call people who are elite and high ranking in healthcare and get a session with them. I can do this. You can do it too. Whatever you do, whether you're on a restaurant, whether you're on a gas station, whether you're on a janitorial service, whether you have your own law firm, invest in yourself in ownership. Because when you're an owner, you have the opportunity to do great things and be around great people and nobody will hold you back. When you're an employee, you can only go so far. You will not likely be a millionaire or highly successful being someone's employee. What's going to happen is you're going to make somebody else a million dollars. They're going to buy a yacht. They're going to buy a helicopter. They're going to buy a Ferrari. They're going to have a summer home in New Hampshire on your back. So as you come up through the world and, and learn and grow in your career, wherever you are in your career, I just implore you to invest in yourself. Have a side business. Whatever you do best. I don't care if you have a food truck. I don't care if you have a taco stand. I don't care if you have one of those Janny King janitorial services, but invest in yourself because that's your opportunity for greatness is when you invest in yourself and you're an owner, not an employee. Paragon Paragon 7 7 7 Studios. Studios.